0: This is episode 64 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today, we're going to talk about laughing at ourselves. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers. What is up? If I am being completely honest, today has been a pretty rough day. And as I sit here and reflect on travel and reflect on the state of things, I realized I'm just, if I'm having a rough day, you likely can be having them too. And so let's talk about how to laugh at ourselves and have a little bit more lighthearted outlook. But before I address that, I want to point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you will find other faith and travel resources. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. In our group, we have some pretty epic discussions going on, and we would love for you to join in those conversations. And now we also have a new addition, Pinterest, Christian Travelers Network. Look us up. We'll be putting the link on our website as well. We have all of our previous podcasts, but we're also going to have other uh, links how to pack, cool trips to go on, etc. Anything that you would find interesting, please let me know. You can message me on my website. But um, without further ado, let's talk about laughter. Why in the world do we need to talk about laughter? Well, let's talk about the reality of what's going on in our world right now. And let me tell you, I am not going to address this perfectly because. We are humans, and um, if we look at the world around us, we just see tension everywhere. For instance, let's look at this virus that has not taken over one person's life, but over a whole entire globe, and every single nation, every single individual is handling that situation very differently, and each individual, therefore... Um, Has different opinions. Should we be treating this virus like it is the end of the world and we need to run and flee? Or um, is this something that is over-dramatized? It's just like a common cold and heck with it all, let's go back to our normal lives, economy, the whole shebang, um, all those arguments. I'm not going to try and state my opinion because, truthfully, moment by moment, I feel torn between the two. Um, But then we also have, um, and I know this is a movement originating in the States, but um, I know that I saw somewhere it's the largest movement. um, We have Black Lives Matter, um, and it was a movement that has hit at least one point. I saw 18 countries had been participating in it, and for some people, it comes from a, a real thing of, of feeling racial tension and having a real struggle um, and not really sure, like wanting to share their stories. Um, but then there's others who maybe aren't even using it um, to support change, positive change. They're more um, uh, pushing a political agenda. And, and then there's other people that are just very confused as to well, what is going on, what is the root issue, and they want to ignore it all um, because it's just so confusing. And then there's others that like want to share an opinion but just feel like everything's just a mess and they don't know what to side with or if there is something to side with. How do we respond? How is Christians who believe that God created everyone with value. How are we supposed to respond to this mess? And then I'm just gonna go on a more personal level. I've am gotten married, I'm going through a name change, and there's this virus that is making it hard to do things to legally change my name. And then on top of that, they require paperwork, and I drove across the city today, and I hate driving through city traffic, but I did it And there was no one there. Because of COVID, no one was in this building. Normally, when you go to get a driver's license in the States, it is like, if you did not sit there for two hours, like, what happened? There was no one there. And it was middle of the day. It was so weird. And then they're like, yeah, you don't have the right papers," So they sent me home. Like, oh my gosh. And I know that's not like in the grand scheme of things. When people are dealing with life, death, and identity crises, like to have a meltdown about that, very weird, but I did. And then, um, we're having some car troubles and, um, we recently got a new car to replace what we thought was the really bad vehicle. Um, but now my vehicle is having issues and I've never, the vehicle that we bought to purchase, the recent vehicle we got, it was like a family member gave it to us. So, But now, this other vehicle, we might have to, like, actually go to a car dealership and haggle and, like, figure all of that out, and that's stressing me out. And then I just, like, was so fed up with it all that I was like, I just, I, it's so expensive in a city to get a group fitness membership. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do a day pass today and go work out somewhere and just, you know... Pound it all out, do some dancing, cardio, something. And then they're like, yeah, we don't do day passes. And I kind of fell down over that too. And then when I look at the big grand scheme of things, those things are so minuscule, but I let them grow and eat up at me and totally tear apart my day. And I bet, if not recently in your life, at some point in your life, you have let the little things become big things and the meltdowns to happen and am I saying it is a bad thing to have a meltdown heck no we all need them in fact I think that's something that we should work on in the old testament um it was like okay to mourn for a month and then move on with your life and and it wasn't that you weren't thankful or or happy with like the things going on in your life like, when tragic things happened, like a virus that tore apart a whole globe, and and you couldn't work, you had to work from home, and, like, all these massive changes happened, like, it was okay to mourn for a month, and then move on with your life. So, am I saying it's bad to mourn? No. It's really a good, a good thing to do, and and I think we need to do that. But I think... As we are so wrapped up in social media, as we are so wrapped up in identity crisis, as so many of us are really struggling with fear and, and loss of control, I think we need to take a moment to figure out how to laugh at ourselves. And, and to do that, I have a couple Bible verses that I want to pull upon because I think we need to remember what our identity is, whose we are, and, and what our purpose is, so that we can laugh at ourselves, so that we can give our self permission to laugh. So first, I'm going to take us to Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, which says, um, first of all, Genesis is um, kind of the beginning of creation. Genesis 1 is when God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything in it. And in verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So to begin with, God creates this whole universe, and he created us, he created you and me, in his image, and he tells us that our purpose, right off the bat, is to have lots of children, fill the earth, and take care of his creation. And then he continues, and he says that everything else when he created, he said it was good. But when he made man and told us what our purpose was, verse 31, he says, God saw that everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. God created everything and he made man and it was very good. So first of all, our identity, we are children of God. Our purpose Take care of the world. Big responsibility? Absolutely. Okay. So then, not even two chapters later, we get to Genesis 3. We have the serpent, the snake, Satan, in the garden with Adam and Eve. And uh, the serpent knows that the one thing God said that, like, God gave them complete freedom, with an exception of one tree that they couldn't eat from. He makes them question God. Verse four, chapter three, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was delightful to the eyes and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So we're not even, like, super far into this creation story. And the first creatures, the first humans God makes, they mess up, like, big time. Like, they, they, the only rule was don't eat of this, and they did it. And, and because of that, they get kicked out of the garden. And along the way, I feel like stupidity totally came into the world because they, verse 7, they sewed fig leaves together. Do you know how big a fig leaf is? Let me Google search it for you. Okay, so in the garden, we don't really know what all the plants were, but um, according to this, a fig leaf is about 10 inches long and 5 inches wide. So is it the smallest leaf in the garden? No, but like, I don't know, maybe you imagine like pollen leaves or something bigger potentially in the garden. I mean, God created everything. Um, so, there certainly had to be something else they could have used for clothes. So, a little bit of stupidity going on instantly, and then they are hiding, and they're afraid of their nakedness, and they get kicked out of the garden. So, what was their purpose? To populate the earth and take care of it. They fell away and sinned pretty quickly there. So, have you ever had a responsibility or res- expectation that you put upon yourself even one that maybe God even didn't put there and you failed it? Was the end result you getting kicked out of the garden with a protected by a flaming sword and all of your descendants having um to have painful childbirth? Okay, maybe that's a very extravagant laughter, but I hope you're getting my point. Sometimes we put expectations on ourselves and we, like, get so caught up in, like, we have to achieve that when we fail, we can't even let ourselves laugh. If you Google search, how learning how to laugh at yourself, I'm just going to read to you some things that it says. One of the first things it says is to recognize who we are versus who we would like to be. Because I think that's, that's the first thing that we kind of began to even see in the garden, like around this first sin, is that who, we, who Adam and Eve thought was, oh, we'd like to be like God and know good and evil, and we see this thing and it's desirable, and therefore I'm not good enough. So they committed a sin. And, and because of that sin, a, a whole spiral effect happened. But sometimes, we let Satan tell us who we want to be. We, we let him tell set the expectations for how we are to perform in life and, and how we are to respond to things. And we let him continue to set this bar that is totally unattainable. Does God also set higher expectations for us? Yes. Did he send his son to die for our sins and forgive us? Absolutely. Satan likes to taunt the bar and say, look what you'll never achieve, and therefore what you are is worthless. And that's when we, like, get all strung up and we can't laugh at ourselves. God says, here is the bar. I love you and I created you and I know you can't achieve this. Do I want you to strive for it? Yes. Am I here with you every step of the way? And when you stumble, like, still loving you and and recognize all the value, like, I see your sin, but I also see everything in you that I created that's valuable as well, and and what makes you unique, and so if we are able to see who we are, and who God wants us to be, and also recognize what Satan wants to taunt us with, and accept, I am a forgiven child of God, and i will continue to strive but i can laugh at myself along the way of trying to get there i think that's a huge a huge step forward okay the the second thing that this website says is basically don't be a narcissist which actually was a word i really didn't learn until maybe college um a narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest or admiration of themselves all they care about is themselves. All they talk about is themselves. They don't really care about the people around them. So, to laugh at yourself, it says instead you need to recognize that we are incomplete people and and with opportunity for growth. I think that really aligns with exactly what scripture tells us. We are a broken image of God. Ever since that fall when Adam and Eve committed that sin and we all got kicked out of the garden, we have all been broken people. We have been broken images of what that complete end goal is. And if we start acting like we are perfect and we have it all together and like everything's amazing and I'm the coolest thing, then not only are we denying that putting our identity in the wrong things, we're putting it in in ourselves versus in God, but we're also making it so that We can't recognize that we are all sinful beings and have the opportunity for God's love and forgiveness and healing and and that each day is a new day in Christ. But if it's just all about you and you are the only thing, then not only can you not laugh at yourself when you mess up, but you can't admit that there is the potential for growth. You can't admit that there is the potential for forgiveness and healing. The third thing it says is to not be such a hard critic to yourself. Isn't it true, though, when things go wrong when we are traveling, when we are going about our daily lives, and things are not happening in our timeline in the way that we want them, we're like, well, it. you just are such a such a failure. You don't, you didn't work out today, you didn't eat right today, you didn't, handle that situation and we just put ourselves down and we just like beat ourselves into the ground to the point that we say you are not important you're not worth anything man does satan love to put us right there and god says no you are valuable you are more precious than gold you are valuable enough for me to die for you So quit beating up my masterpiece. Did you get that? God says quit beating up my masterpiece. You, you are God's masterpiece. And when you say, I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable. I failed, blah, 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 blah. It's like you're saying, God, you aren't good enough to make something great. God, you made a failure. You made me something unworthy of love. Those are not things that God said. Those are things of Satan. And to be able to laugh at yourself, you have to change your language and say, rather than, I failed. Oh, look, I tried something. I messed up. Man, what goofiness is this? What's next that I'm going to, you know? Just got to treat yourself with kindness. The next thing it says is count on yourself, trust yourself. Not only do you need to ignore that harsh inner voice, but you need to give yourself some support, some encouragement, be it your biggest cheerleader. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I have God on my side. Yes. This is possible. I can dream because when I mess up, that's just another learning opportunity. Let's go. Let's grow. And then the other thing it says is to find things to laugh about. If you need to watch Brandon Ferris, I I don't know if you know him. Brandon Ferris is like, I don't know, some YouTube channel guy that my husband and I enjoy watching other one that I really like is Sunday Cool. Uh, Maybe it's because I have a youth director background, but his videos are pretty funny. Um, He does some pretty great ones about uh, Gen Z Bible translations, where he uses weird slang that I don't even understand. Like, apparently Moses yut in the sea. I don't know. Anyway, he does some fun things. So, I don't know. What can you put in your life that is laughable? Practice laughing instead of just beating yourself down. I don't really know where I'm going with all of this, other than to say that maybe I needed some encouragement today and a reminder that as a child of God, the first humans God created fell pretty quick. And, and they could have carried that burden for their whole lives. And I don't know, maybe they did. Um, but we know the outcome. They, they, they knew that God promised something, but they might not have totally understood. We know that Jesus came, he died for us, and he forgives us. And, and we know that Satan loves to put high expectations on us. And sometimes Satan's voice starts to sound like our own. And when we're in isolation in COVID-19, when we're going through all kinds of crazy tra- transitions in life, it is so tempting to let those voices consume us, to let the critic inside us stop us from realizing our full potential. And I guess I just want to encourage you to laugh. And so on an incredibly cheesy note, I'm going to end with, Christian Bible jokes. Um just for your end of the day humor. So first one, why couldn't Jonah trust the ocean? Because he knew there was something fishy about it. What did Adam say on the day before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. There's a comma there. He's talking to Eve. Um <laughs> How does Moses make his coffee? He brews it. Who was the smartest man in the Bible? Abraham. He knew a lot. If you don't know Lot, he was a relative of Abraham. Okay, why didn't they play cards on the Ark? Because Noah was outstanding on the deck. Ha <laughs> ha. What kind of man was Boaz before he married? Ruthless. Okay, so maybe those are a little punny and a little weird, but um just a few jokes and a little serious talk about the fact that there is a ton going on in our world. There is some serious racial tensions, there's some serious virus, there is serious emotional, mental, physical struggles. And Satan is going to do everything he can as you seek a life of flourishing as a Christian traveler, of speaking God's truth. He's going to do everything to make his voice sound like yours in your head, to tear you down, to make you be your biggest critic. And I guess my prayer and my hope for you is that maybe somewhere in this episode you found a few words of wisdom Um, and a reminder that it is okay to laugh. And even though I, maybe I'm a bit serious in talking about these things, maybe this has given you some freedom to, to enjoy being a child of God and, and making mistakes this week. So until next time, safe travels and God bless.